Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Bless the holy name of the Lord. Daddy, we bless you again and we thank you for convening us one more time by your mercies. Please take absolute charge and speak to us, Father. Speak to us your words of peace words of wisdom that will nourish us Father we thank you for what you've done so far and we thank you what you do today and daddy we thank you for what you will yet do Lord in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen praise the Lord beloved Brother Joshua here again by the mercies of God. We're going to pick up by God's grace on where we stopped at the last episode. We read Ezekiel 14 verse 12 to 20. We have been speaking about the faithful and their fear for God. And we spoke from Ezekiel 14, 12 to 20 about the Lord calling out Noah, Daniel, and Job how that they were going to deliver their own souls by their own righteousness when the Lord sends famine to the land and cuts off both man and beast from the land. They're not going to save their family members. They're not going to save their spouses or save their sons or their daughters. No, 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 just themselves. Then we now wanted to look at what was peculiar about Noah, Daniel, and Job. And we started in Noah, um, I should say in Genesis 6, concerning Noah. Uh, Genesis 6 verse 9, the Bible says, these are the generations of Noah. And it says that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. He must have pleased God very well. Very well. Re re remember, beloved, what we read in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and please God, so you would abound more and more. Uh, beloved, God has not changed. Noah walked with God. And the Lord is still telling us in the New Testament 
to walk with him. You, we walk with him to please him. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. Uh, we, we know he's pleased with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yes, he rewarded Jesus. Uh, read that in Philippians 2. He highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. In that name of Jesus Christ, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. Um, so we, we, we see that. We, we, we see that in uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 2 from verse Five, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of new reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. God rewarded him because he was pleased with him. Verse 10, Philippians 2.10 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Verse 11 and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now uh, how, how did that uh, come about. We, we see that in different places. Matthew 3.17 And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, we see that also uh, Matthew 17.5 This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. We see that uh, Mark 1.11 Thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We see that in Second Peter one seventeen. Uh, this a voice came from glory, uh, from the excellent glory. Peter says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we see that God is pleased with his son. But First Thessalonians four one says, We now ought to please God. We we let me not dwell on that too much i think i've i've done enough in previous episodes so genesis 6 9 let me circle back forgive me for going round and round these are the generations of noah noah was a just man and perfect in his generations and noah walked with god first thessalonians 4 1 says we have been shown how we we ought to walk with God to please God. Now, what was this thing about Noah? That was a just and perfect man. We see that in Hebrews eleven and seven, Hebrews eleven seven, which says, "By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with what fear." prepared an ark to the saving of his of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith 
The Bible says Noah, that was a just and perfect man, he was moved with fear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He was not moved with reverence. He was moved with fear. Okay, let, let's let's look at remember the Lord spoke in Ezekiel 14, 12 to 20 about Noah, Daniel, and Job. Let's let's now look at Daniel. By the way, we see from the life of Noah that he was a man that had a fear of God. And he was saved. When others perished. Let's look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 to 13. The Bible says, And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. Verse 11. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12. Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children and eat of the portion of the king's meat and as thou seest deal with thy servant okay what's the situation here verse 8 Daniel made up in his heart I'm not going to defile myself mm-hmm there are things that defile. In this context, it was the king's food that was going to defile Daniel. Food, apparently, ostensibly sacrificed to idols. Daniel said, I don't want that. I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to pollute my temple with that. This body, no way. What, what again, again, again? This brother is in the Old Testament. You see, Daniel was in Babylon, but refused to be defiled by Babylon. He was in Babylon, but he was not of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, 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 me, let me say that again. Daniel was in Babylon, 
but was not of Babylon. Beloved, he chose not to be defiled by Babylon. The same way, beloved, we are in this world. But are we letting ourselves be defiled by this world? Ah, let me leave that alone. That's a different topic. But why could Daniel do that? How could he do that? Don't forget now, the prince of the eunuchs, Daniel 1 verse 10, was afraid of the king. You better do what the king tells you to do. Otherwise, your head may come off your neck. Mm-hmm. Mm. But why was Daniel not afraid of the king of Babylon? I'm glad you asked. Look at it in Isaiah chapter 8. Verse 11 to 13. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11 to verse 13. For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. Uh-huh. Don't, don't, don't walk in the way of the world, beloved. Verse 12. Say not a confederacy to all them to whom these people shall say a confederacy. Neither, listen to what the Lord is saying to you and me, beloved. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Um, the Lord says don't be afraid of them. Don't fear what other people fear. But how is that possible, Lord? You know, they have this and that and this and that and they will, they will kill you if you don't this and they will shoot you if you don't this and they will imprison you if you don't this and they will do that if you don't this. But Lord, how? Oh, hold on, hold on. Read verse 13. This is the Lord speaking still. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. And let him be your fear. And let him be your dread. Beloved, the Lord is saying, listen, listen, guys, listen, listen. Do not be afraid of them. Rather, you fear me instead. Beloved, when you fear the Lord, you can't be afraid of something else. Beloved, the fear of the Lord is healthy, is clean. Ah, God help me. Psalms 19 verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. It's clean. It's clean, beloved. It's clean. It's clean. The Lord says... If you fear me, you won't be afraid of them. 
So rather than Daniel fearing the king of Babylon, his fear of the Lord delivered him from the fear of the king of Babylon. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ah, beloved, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. You see, there's something similar in um, Hebrews 11, verse 23. Hebrews eleven twenty-three. The Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parent because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Mm-hmm. What was the king's commandment? Well, you know the king, you know that story. Uh, the king's commandment was that all them boys had to be killed. That, that was the commandment from the king. It's that simple. You have a son, kill him. Kill him. Look at it right there in the book of Exodus um, chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. Let's see. We can. It's in the. Look at verse 16. And he said. uh, To the midwives. If it's. If it's. uh, He spoke to the midwife. When the the women are are giving uh, birth. If it's a son. Kill him. Kill him. But Exodus 1.17 says. But the midwives feared God. Look at it right there again. Thank you, Jesus. It's right there again, beloved. The midwives feared God and saved the children alive. Because they feared God, they couldn't fear the king. Because the king's commandment was evil. So what are we saying? Daniel feared God so he could not fear the king of Babylon and he would not defile himself. So we see again in the life of Daniel that he feared God. Now, we are speaking about Ezekiel 14, 12 to 20, where the Lord mentions Noah, Daniel, and Job by name and said that when he is bringing pestilence on the land and famine and destroying man and beast, these three men will be, will be saved. They won't save their family, but just them will be saved. This is not a family salvation here. This is individual, person by person. And we are seeing a thread that goes through these three men of their fear of God, of their fear of God. Now, let's, let's, let's look at Job. Job, I I don't need to read too much about Job. Job chapter 1, verse 1. 
<laughs> there was a man in the land of us and whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. Uh-huh. One that feared God and ensued evil. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We see it again in... This is the account. Uh, we see it again repeated, I should say, in Job 1 verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and eschewed evil. Now, this is the account of the Lord. Beloved, the Lord cannot, will not, has not, will never speak falsehood and tell us a lie. If he said Job was a perfect man, guess what? Most definitely, you can take that to the bank. He was a perfect man. And again, just on a personal note, he always challenges me because uh, this, this man was in the Old Testament. But let me leave that alone. But what does it say there? It repeats the fact that Job feared God. Beloved, we see that the faithful always fear God. We see it because they are walking with God. Beloved, you cannot walk with God and not fear God. It's not possible. When you start walking, W-A-L-K, when you start walking with God, then you get to know this God. If you are not afraid of this God, uh, maybe you've not known this God. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're still... Maybe you haven't, I don't know what to say. You don't know what this God can do. You don't, you, you have not begun to see the, the depths and the heights and the breadth and the magnitude of this God, our Father. Ah. Let's, let's, what about our father Abraham? Did he fear God? Talking about a faithful, fearing God, the fear of God. Beloved, First Thessalonians 4 1 said we should walk with God so we may abound. Beloved, we cannot abound if we have no fear of God. 
Look at Genesis 17 and 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. W-A-L-K. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Again, the Lord never commands the impossible, beloved. Never has, never will. When he commands it, it is possible because he commanded it, beloved. His command comes with the grace we need to do it. Whether we take that grace and do it is a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. Ah, beloved, the Lord spoke to a dead man called Lazarus that was in the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. That was a command to a dead man. Beloved, when was the last time you spoke to a dead person? Are you serious? But guess what? When the Lord speaks to the dead, his word carries with it the ability, the grace for the dead to hear what he said. Mm-hmm. And that word carries with it the ability for the dead to do what he said. Mm-hmm. Remember, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say, Mary, Magdalene, uh, go and bring him out here. No, no. What about our father Abraham? The Bible says in Genesis 17 and 1, And when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Genesis 22 and 12. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. This is when Abraham was about to kill his son, to offer his son as a sacrifice. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Beloved, we see that our father Abraham walked in the fear of God. Well, what about Jesus? <laughs> what about Jesus? Oh, God help us. Let's look at Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, verse 1 to 8. What about our Lord Jesus? Hebrews 5, 1 to 8, the Bible says, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who 
can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity and by reason hereof he ought as for the people so also for himself to offer for sins and no man taketh his honor unto himself but he that is called of God as was Aaron so also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest but he that said unto him thou art my son today have I begotten thee Verse 6, Hebrews 5, verse 6. As he said also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 7, let's listen now. Verse 7, Hebrews 5 and 7. Who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying with tears, with some crying and tears unto him, that's the Father, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Verse 8, Though he were his son, yet lent he obedience by the things which he suffered. Beloved, even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, walked in the fear of of God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Beloved, I can I can tell you this. You or me cannot improve on Christ. It's not possible. Jesus 1.0 is Jesus 1.0. There is no Jesus 1.5. You cannot be Jesus 2.0. No, sir. Jesus said, Luke 6, verse 40, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. God has made provision for you and I to be as Jesus was on earth. There's provision already. Now, whether we believe it or not, whether we take that grace or not, it's a different issue. Jesus says you cannot be above him. You can't be above your master, which is Jesus. But when you walk perfectly, you shall be like him. Uh, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about here. The same way he told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it hasn't changed. There's provision for that. Look at it, Ephesians 4. And uh, you can start from 11. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, <laughs> for the work of ministry, for the defining of the body of Christ. Oh, well, I don't like the word perfect. Okay, that's fine. Verse 13, till we come unto 
in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Second time is repeated. Uh, I don't like that. Okay, no problem. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What part of Christ is not perfect, beloved? God has made provision for us to be like Christ. He has given us grace to be like Christ. But again, so long as we are intimidated by the infirmity of our flesh, the scripture will be fulfilled that says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. For as long as we refuse to believe God's word, to we refuse, for as long as we are intimidated, we are afraid of our flesh and not letting God be our fear and believing Bishop Wonderful and, and Apostle Awesome, the same people, Ephesians 4.11, he has sent to teach us to grow into a perfect man, to know the knowledge of the Son of God, to grow unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Some of those same people are telling us it is impossible on earth. Beloved, I have to stop here. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.